to the ground. We're back. Another week. Another guest. Uh, another first time, second Dan on the pod. Uh, we got the writer of the best-selling book, Sellout, uh, co-host of the No Plus Ones podcast, and the, the writer of the Reply Alt newsletter, uh, the only music writer, I believe, mm-hmm. Dan Ozzy on the pod, Thanks. joining us from uh, from the West Coast. Yep. Greatest A bright, sunny music five, writer. 5 Dan p.m. <laughs> uh, have you solved your... Um, we were having some leaf blower issues. Yeah, I think pre-pod. he's fucking done. I think that's just what he does every day at five o'clock. Like you know, leaves or no, just wants to enter. Just like you don't buy a leaf blower and then not get use out of it. I guess so. I think he's done now. I, th- I think it's one of the you know five p.m. Everyone's got to let off some steam after work. Some people crack a beer. Some people pour a scotch. This guy fires. Yeah, up I the love the idea. Of just like angrily blowing leaves to get away from the old the old ball and chain you know i was at a uh i was at a party a couple weeks ago like a backyard barbecue and um you know everything's going really great it's pretty hot everybody's drinking some beers and that's when the neighbor decided to mow their lawn um (laughs) and it was like sociopath behavior you could tell the guy was doing it just to spite us like looking over his shoulder was the most insane shit ever Um, yeah you got really mad about that when you told me about that yeah i got really mad why wouldn't you my my allergies start acting up. I don't know, man. Um, it was a personal affront to the the party. Dan, how are you? Where in Cali- where where are you in uh <laughs> Where are you in California? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm I'm just realizing though. How much do you guys edit this podcast? Cuz I just realized I'm Almost. on the wrong Wi-Fi network and that might that might catch up to me. And I want to switch over, but it might it might uh, cause a problem. Yeah, we uh, had, sorry, we I had zero percent. <laughs> we oh, we added a little bit. Should but, I just uh, not mess with it? I maybe I won't mess with it. I mean, you're sounding pretty clear right now. We could. We're only two minutes in. We could scratch this and start start all over. I no. I mean, <laughs> I'm not bragging, but I have. I'm rich enough that I have two different Wi-Fi networks. Wait, ex- should explain. I switch over? If I do it, it seems. Uh, I really should. You know, I'm wasting so much time. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no, saying no, no. this is, but this is going to be on on weighing on me the whole time. Uh, if it's gonna it's gonna affect your potting performance, I would say switch. I say we do it. What's the worst that could happen? <sighs> well, maybe maybe you guys won't even notice, but you will. All right. Well, we'll we'll be <laughs> the judge of that. <laughs> oh my god, he's gone. Oh no, Bree's <laughs> just very still. <laughs> Shit, that would be funny. He just stayed That's like that great, the entire time. Honestly, the like. The thumbnail face right now is perfect. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm back. Oh my you god! Did. did that fuck things up? I'm sorry. No, no, sorry you're good. no that you're, was um, that was record time. The uh, okay. the look on your face in the in, in the little frozen thumbnail was what the fuck did I get myself uh, into? I'm really excited man. about. That. I wish I screenshotted that, but you you were gone and back too quick. Yeah, this you is know. how I pull my little prestige. I swap in <laughs> the guy I pay I, I hired on Fiverr. Some task rabbit is going to do my interview now. So go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Ask me whatever questions you have about this Dave Ozzy guy. I'm, I'm happy to. As long as it fits the script that we sent you before and you're yeah. all set. Dan, I don't know. You're probably sick and tired of talking about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I read your book entitled Sellout, um, and I have a question about it. 
All right. Um, for the whole, just one question, huh? One question about the whole book. All right. I'll try um, to go for an hour, but go ahead. So, <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I, you know, I bought the, I bought the, the hard copy, but also the audiobook. And my question pertains to the audiobook. Did you oh, no. choose the narrator for the audiobook? Have you listened to the audiobook? I have not. Um, you know, the audiobook is a. I don't really care about about audiobooks to be honest. I've never listened to one, but it, it's not a sore spot for me. But it is like, um, I, I had a weird publishing experience that is very similar to a lot of the uh, experiences the bands had in the book, which is uh, after my. I had sold the book while I was working on it. My publisher kind of got like absorbed by another publisher. Mm. So I had this like momentary period where the book was kind of done and we were getting it ready to go. And I was just nobody's baby anymore there, you know, like I (laughs) was just kind of adopted and they were, they basically just sent me like six audio files one day, like didn't ask me. And then they were like, Hey, um, just pick one pick one of these narrators. And it was like six guys, all men reading a page from my book. And they were like, just pick which one you like the best. And, uh, I, like I said, I've never listened to an audiobook, So I just send it to a friend who does. And I was like, tell me which one I'll pick. And then I'll pick that one. And he did. And I picked that person and I, I like the person's voice. No, no disrespect to him. Chris Abel, yeah. I believe is his name. Um, but two things, number one, three things. Number one, <laughs> never asked me if I like, didn't even give me the option if I wanted to do it. I see. I was gonna um, say. It, it, I find it very odd that you didn't read it yourself because no, I feel like that's what most people do, unless they get me. like a celebrity reader. Um, well, that's one of my points too. But no, point number two is I had originally envisioned it as like I wanted to ask different appropriate notable people to read a chapter for a book. So, like, mm-hmm. I wanted Shirley Manson to read the Distillers chapter. I wanted Martine from Los Crudos to, lead, to read the At the Drive-In chapter. I realized that probably would have been cost prohibitive and they wouldn't have let me do it anyway, but they did not give me that option. The mm-hmm. third thing is that all of my friends are obsessed with um, the audiobook for uh, Anthony Kiedis's Scar Tissue. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're like obsessed with it, <laughs> okay. and it's read. It's read by writer Strong uh, of Boy Meets World fame, of Boy Meets oh, World. and okay. yeah. I kind of know him because he's fr- he's like good friends with my friends, and uh, they didn't even ask me like, "Hey, is there anybody else you could maybe get?" Because I maybe could have at least asked writer strong if he wanted to do it and i was telling him about it the other day and he was like i was telling him i'm like you know but they got this guy and he he did a pretty good job and he just went yeah but he's no writer strong and i was like damn yeah Uh, so there's like an alternate reality where this book is read by boy meets world star writer strong you know it's never too late yeah you know um, <laughs> just maybe, the, maybe a, a different version in the future we can do that yeah, the reason yeah. i the reason i brought it up is because I, I i didn't know if that was somebody you chose or if they if the publisher was just like let's find a guy with rock voice because that guy's got rock voice <laughs> wait go sorry <laughs> explain rock voice for me no yeah you know what rock voice is uh i'm, I'm picturing like yeah no, no, like, no. He's like kind of gravelly. Like He's got a really great, voice. really great voice. He, I mean, he, he like sounded for, like 
he from the little I I listened to, he sounded like he narrates like those VH1 behind the music type things. Right. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, because you have to see like <clears throat> I, I again I don't know any of this stuff, and I sent it to my friend, and he's like, some of these are insane. <laughs> and I was like, and like I listened to them, and some of them are like, I mean, I guess you kind of have to make an impression, sure. But some people were just like so over the top in their narration of it, and some people were like, uh, I don't know, like sometimes it was too serious, and sometimes it was too lighthearted, wasn't right. jovial. Like I feel like the guy who did it hit a good middle ground, but some of them were insane, yeah. and I was like, yeah, no, this would. Did cast they, my book very differently. Did they all read the same passage? Yeah, they all read the same passages. Do you and remember you know, what it was? Uh, yeah, it was like one of the first pages, I think, of the introduction of the book. And um, But the other thing, too, is like, that kind of bummed me out, which is before, like, the weekend before they start recording, they send you, like, uh, an Excel spreadsheet of, like, I'm not joking, like, 400 um proper names and things like that so they're just like um and it's all like phonetically uh arranged so it's like you know is this how you say schwartz and bach schwartz Uh, and bach you know and like just making sure they have all of them and so i went through like all of them and they had flagged a bunch like is this how you say this is this how you say this excuse me but like the one um I keep, but even despite that, I keep hearing that the guy did the wrong pronunciation for a few, like fat records. He keeps saying right. records instead of just records. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, and I like don't any, anything... any punk would have known that, you know? <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember anything like egregious in there. Um, I'm forgetting. Just... Some people told me I, that it was, there were a couple, uh, just things that you would never say. I, I know fat records was one. And I feel like another, oh, I know what it was. And I thought this was really self-explanatory. The guy who um, recorded Rise Against album uh, has a very prominent stutter. And a- as his own sort of like inside joke, he call, he go, his name is Garth Richardson, and he goes by G-G-G-Garth because he thinks that's <laughs> funny because yeah. he has a really, really bad stutter. Um, and I thought that that was pretty obvious but I think the guy, the way I've been told that the way the guy read it was like G G G Garth, and I was like, man, <laughs> yeah, you need the it, it missed itself on the phonetic sheet as G A H G A H G A H Garth. That's so. funny. I I read that chapter, but I didn't listen to that chapter. Yeah, I've well, I've never listened to Rise then. Against before, so I'll, now I'll have to. Um, yeah. What was uh, okay? I lied. I do have one more question about the book. Just because Just one more though. It was, you know, when I read that book, I was like, this is a further proof that we live in a simulation. Like, how many people that aren't me who, like, are into this? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, which, again, is like aging, and I I guess everybody gets into, like, you know, gets nostalgic. Not that it's nostalgic, but anyway. What what of those chapters was the hardest for you to do? Like, what was the hardest one to get together? I assume it's Green Day, but I don't know Um, if it's Green Day. Actually, I was just talking about this this morning. Um, I, I think that the hardest one, weirdly enough, the hardest one to me to write was against me um, because I had helped Laura with her book and it, 
it was just impossible to like the whole time I was like, okay, well, you definitely don't want to reiterate things that you've already done. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized that that was just impossible. And then there was sometimes when I would like write a sentence and then I would just go back and look at Laura's book. And I was like, yeah, that is like verbatim how we said it in there. <laughs> so I had to like change it. And I was just always like cognizant of that. Against Me is a story where I, I truly feel like I know almost like too much information. Mm-hmm. And it, and it kind of became a challenging one. So that that one weirdly I, I unexpectedly became like problematic for me. Yeah, something something that you assumed would be a breeze became like you were too close almost, you know? Yeah. I'm like looking at the other ones and like <clears throat> some of them definitely caused me more headaches than others and some some people were um more open than others, but I would I would count that one as far as the writing goes to be like among the most challenging, weirdly enough. I thought it was interesting that that was probably the first time that Christy Front Drive was ever, like, <laughs> in a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll to get, there are were, there were so many things. Like, that's probably, like, for me personally, the proudest I am in a lot of regards of, like, when I'm like, man... You know you know when, uh, uh, nine, uh, when Trent Reznor has that quote about, like, He's like, I want my tombstone to read. Here lies Trent Reznor said the word fist fuck and won a Grammy. Um, <laughs> I, I like want my tombstone to read like I wrote a best selling book that mentioned reversal of man and Charles Bronson. You know, like it's yeah. crazy to me. Like I'm so happy everybody's into the stuff about fucking my chemical romance or whatever but i'm yeah. like dude i got los crudos in a book yeah that's yeah, on yeah. the you know they're like that's crazy um so yeah those those to me were like my little victories to my friends back home like whenever i could get one in there i was like yeah i fucking Love sneaked that. another one in there yeah where are, you, where are you from originally uh staten island new york okay oh. i thought i thought i remember you being a new york guy when oh uh, that was the also too like the the big record stores like me and my friends used to just go to record stores all the time and we would go to the ones in New Jersey, specifically Vintage Vinyl and Curmudgeon. Yeah. And I, I got Vintage Vinyl mentioned twice in this book. Amazing. I even got Curmudgeon in there. That, to me, was, like, specifically, like, I'm sure other people from New Jersey, like, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was, like, specifically for my friends. I was, like, we're, we're both We're both New Jersey guys. Uh, yeah, we used to, I my friends and I used to drive, I mean, I'm from South Jersey, but we used to drive, like, almost two hours to go to Vintage Vinyl. Make a day of it, oh, go yeah. to Vintage Vinyl. Yeah, yeah, the coolest story. R.I.P. Vintage Vinyl, though. For yeah, I know. Places. I would show oh, you this. Legendary. Uh, unfortunately, it's in my other estate where my other <laughs> Wi-Fi is, so I can't. <laughs> I can't reach it right now. But um, when last summer, um, my friend, my my oldest friend who lives in Philly now, she was coming out here to visit me in L.A. and she was flying out of Newark. So while she was going up to Jersey, she was like, "Okay." This is Vintage Vinyl's last month oh, in, yeah, yeah. in business. Like, we should stop by there and just sort of, like, make a pilgrimage. And she said at that point, like, everything was gone. Like, the yeah. CDs and everything had been, like, cleared. She said all that was left was were really, like, the fixtures on the wall. And so she um, saw this picture on the wall. You know, like, they used to have, like, all the in-store performances, yeah, like, yeah. photos of them. And yep. they're really shitty photos, you know, but, like, there's some <laughs> cool bands part of it. And so she's like looking up there and there uh, and there's a bunch of bands and 
There was one of Against Me's uh, 2008 or 7, I believe, uh, in-store performance. And um, she was like, oh, my gosh, can I buy this? And the guy was like, ah, you know, like, we're not selling those photos. And she was like, okay, I understand. I'm going to visit my friend Dan. He helped Laura write her book, and we're just huge Against Me fans. We used to come here all the time. And he was like, oh, that guy? Like, and he seemed to, like, know who I was. And so he was like, just take it. Just take the picture. So I have it. Um, I have this picture framed of Against Me playing vintage vinyl. So, again, it's just such an unremarkable photo, like, first digital camera type. Type of like oh, you yeah. know Sony cyber Five shot type megapixels, of but it's, bro. it's like yeah like eight megapixel like uh, any any iPhone could outdo it in in terms of quality now but like it's such a special uh, item to me you know it's the yeah. end of an era of my life no definitely take a picture of that and like send it to me and I'll add it into like the context photos of this episode because that that's awesome and yeah like vintage vinyl like there's a ton uh, for people who aren't aware like you can even Google like the in store performances and it's like shot on like mini dv camcorder <laughs> yeah but there totally. were so many like like the chariot didn't in store M- there my that chemical was like romance yeah, did oh, yeah. One, everybody but, um yeah well place is legendary but that's uh yeah I, I thought do you lived in in like new york city in staten island so it was yeah. really like where my where my friend lived in staten island um you one you could like see jersey f- yeah, from oh, yeah. their street and so um it would take us like no joke door to door from uh, their house to vintage vinyl 10 minutes maybe yeah. That's um insane. so yeah so we used to just be there all the time it's like less than three miles um yeah yeah right so, over the the Gothels yeah, bridge over, over the well it was over the outer bridge but yeah oh, okay right. yeah. um yeah Man. yeah that's awesome and uh when did you move out to la uh 2019 okay mm, so yeah. i just passed three years yeah nice nice the um were you you were living in Brooklyn for a bit too, or were mm-hmm. you always yeah. on Staten Island? Yeah, I mean, my family like immigrated to Brooklyn, so um, <laughs> my parents thought I was like insane when I moved back there. Um, oh yeah, but I, yeah, I, so I love that. It's the same deal with like Jersey City and Hoboken. Like people who knew what Jersey City and Hoboken used to be, they're like, "Why would you want to go there?" Yeah, like, Hoboken's all warehouses. Right? I, I didn't live like in Williamsburg, but I lived near Williamsburg, and my mom was just like, when I was a kid, she was like, "You never go to Williamsburg." Not even like because it was unsafe or anything. There was just like nothing. nothing there. To, yeah, it was just built. It was just yeah, <laughs> industrial buildings. Like there's no reason to go there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's rad. The uh, I would say you've uh, you've been hanging a lot with Chris Gethard. We talked about him a bunch on the on the podcast before, but I've he noticed was just staying he, at my place. Yeah. Oh, was he really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on noticed, the other Wi-Fi network? Oh my god. Uh, the he he's passed on a lot of his soda. Uh, I thought he obsession said he passed on, and I was oh, like, "What? Yes, he's wait, wait, on. why are you just presenting me with <laughs> that information?" That my Casually, uh, Chris Gethard's no longer with us, but he likes soda, yeah. so let's talk about that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I noticed you've been posting a lot of uh, soda, uh, you know, trials and, and whatnot on your on your social medias. I'll say I have here a nitro pepsi you know i've been tempted uh to get that because i they make it look so appealing in the like yeah but i imagine it's just like bad just good marketing for a bad product i don't um, like pepsi so no, pepsi's yeah. trash no matter how much they try to make it look like draft lot like coffee i just uh, i don't want it it's uh so yeah this is i've had three this is the last one 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even going to bother pouring into a glass to make like, you know, what you're supposed to like pour it like a Guinness. And it, it kind of tastes like it just tastes like flat soda. Like when you have a cola, you want that bite, like the heavy bubble, like mm. that almost makes you cough in the back of your throat a little bit. Mm. And the nitro is super fine bubble. So it's super smooth. It just tastes flat. So it's like if you don't if you don't like Pepsi, which I also don't like Pepsi, uh, it tastes like flat Pepsi. So okay, pass. It's cheers. <laughs> it's the it's the only thing about uh, Taco Bell that's not not okay. Mm-hmm. Though they have it at Taco Pepsi Bell? products. No, they have Pepsi. Oh products. yeah, for sure. Yeah, although I do feel like having Mountain Dew at Taco Bell is like right. essential. Right, you can't have one without the other. Well, that that's it, the funny thing about Baja Blast. Like when they introduced like the limited time they offered Baja Blast outside of taco bell it wasn't the same because it's like perfectly paired with taco bell <laughs> mm. like if you have it on its own it's not the same experience but, <clears throat> the last uh, few times i've been going to taco bell um in the drive through they've just been taking a long time and they have very kindly compensated it for it by like giving me one of those baja like freeze oh. things and it's always so funny because they're always like oh i'm so sorry for making you wait here's like a baja freeze and i'm like if i'm going if i'm going through the taco bell drive through i assure you i have nothing going on that, <laughs> that I'm like you know it's not like i'm in a rush and i'm like oh let me just run through the you know like i'm a busy man i gotta go through the taco bell drive through like no i that's my night right there it's just <laughs> You know, yeah. eating the Taco Bell and then like dealing with the aftermath. So yeah, thanks are for you, the free. Are you a are you a fast food in the car guy or do you bring it home? No, you know I'm not going to eat it in the car. Like, so, okay, what do you mean? So, like just in the parking lot? Well, okay. So here, I'm not, here's not that disgusting. Like I'm disgusting, but I'll at least get it home. <laughs> so I I'm I'm a big proponent of I want to bring Taco Bell home. I I'll eat McDonald's in the car if I'm like traveling or something. Taco Bell is just. Not a, I've never had Taco Bell in the car outside of like a tour van. Um, I'll say that it, I'll say that the ten minutes that it takes me to get home, it's a race. You're racing the clock because yeah, because like any hard shell is gonna lose its uh you know DNA makeup <laughs> over those ten minutes. It, it, yeah, it goes so it's half to get life. to it's to, to expiring to protect the molecular structure of Taco Bell. It is best eaten right away. Yeah, but you know what? Like that's just a risk I'm willing to take. I think that's like, like talk about delivery. It it never shows up properly ever. Yeah, no, but, I want to be responsible for the time it takes to get the Taco Bell to my house. Yeah, so I'll go to the 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 reason I bring it up is because Andrew. Fuck is off. a big proponent of an eating in the car. He's, I'm talking to him all the time on the phone. He's always having the worst drive-through experience <laughs> ever at any fast food restaurant. Every time I talk to him, uh, including today, including today, <laughs> it's every today. fucking time. We've it's- talked about it on this podcast before, but Andrew is a big fast food drive-through man who also then eats it in the car loudly on speakerphone. No, I'll, I'll wait till I get home. I did uh, a bunch of my friends. This was probably a couple months ago, but we went to a show and like just hit that midnight, which by the way, we don't have this on the East Coast, that midnight jack in the box and just got like, I'm not, you know, it was like a car full of us. So there's probably five of us and we just got like $70 worth of food or something. Oh, yeah. And it's so much food. And we just like sat in the parking lot and just put all the food on the roof of the car and just uh-huh. like, 
picked off of that. You and turn I was like, it into like a buffet. This is reminds me <laughs> of got, high school. This is got, as close to my high school experience. Wait, as are I you can getting remember. sandwiches? Are we talking just? Oh, like we got like a mix of everything. Jack, you got, Jack, you got in Jack in the Box is a weird. We don't Jack in the Box that. family style. Yeah, like because you can get weird stuff there because you can just the get the burgers and fries and chicken nuggets, but then you can get these, those like mini tacos. The tacos and then, of course, wild. everybody got a shake too. So mm. it's like so fucking you know mixed that it's just like oh that was a really good dumpling. Can I now have a cheeseburger? You know, it's just like <laughs> such a weird mix. I don't think Jack in the Box is great for the record. No, but it's it'll not, do at but midnight in a pinch. A, yeah, for sure. It's one of those experiences. It's like. It, yeah, you need it in a social setting. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I liked. I had a, a fond memory of eating it. That was a nice parking lot post show. Like it felt yeah. like those vintage vinyl days to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I remember uh, there was a time I was touring with that band Major League back in the day, and I remember that we like had the, like the worst tour ever. And at one point, there was one night we actually came out with like money in our hands, and we just spent it all on Taco Bell in the parking lot because we had been eating like dollar menu McDonald's. Why didn't you feed the the beat, bro? I don't understand. They didn't get. They weren't accepted in the feed the beat, but feed the beat was a remarkable. Uh, you know, fast feed food. the beats. Uh, I'm calling them out right now. Feed the okay. beat because every I haven't done this in a while, but every once in a while I would see a band in my wheelhouse tweet about feed the beat and i would respond by being like you know taco bell's like responding to them being like oh so glad like feed the beat is keeping you replenished on tour and (laughs) so i would respond and be like hey feed the beat wouldn't it be cool to sponsor the guy who writes about all these bands (laughs) and every time i've done that they have never ever acknowledged it Wow. So fuck you, Feed the Beat. Ah, I'm fucking it's on site, yeah. Taco do you guys Bell. Know, uh, do you guys know Matt Scottaline? Play guitar in uh, Everyone Everywhere. Now and hurry. hurry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt is notorious for, or used to be at least, um, threatening Taco Bell on Twitter um, over Feed the Beat. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, he's like a healthy guy. Real healthy guy. Like, probably runs. I don't know. I, everybody compared to me is healthy. But... <laughs> You know, people would talk about Feed the Beat, and he would just be like, stop fucking trying to kill my friends, you pieces oh of shit. God. And it's... What is on your hands, Taco? It's amazing. I, uh, I love him. What a I, good time. I, I learned that if you... I, I could be fucking this all up. I should write these things down when I learn them. But somebody who... Like, somebody in our wheelhouse, like, some band that won, like... I don't know what it is if you maybe win a Grammy or something like that. Uh, got like a, a like an unlimited Chipotle card. Oh my god! And and an AMC card. Mm. And so I forgot who this was. Fuck! It was it somebody in like Taking Back Sunday or something like that. I don't remember. But like uh, abandon our our wheelhouse that had like some some you know like success with their band uh and they were just telling me they were like yeah and every day i would go to the movies and then i would get chipotle <laughs> for lunch and i did that every single day oh and my I'm god like, damn now yeah. that. that's, that's honestly like the american the dream yeah. you yeah. get like a i think chipotle you get like a because i think Jesus from bodega boys tweeted this one time i think he got like a wooden there's like a wooden membership card oh my god it's like made out of wood or something like the that. dream uh, now I'm so curious about that, and I have to know. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. Where's the uh, yeah? Where is the feed the beat for podcasters? You know? Yeah, I know. The we just uh, get like <laughs> the yeah. real troops out here on the front lines. 
Andrew, you look like you've been dying to tell about your recent uh, drive-through harrowing experience. No, I had I had no harrowing experience, and now I don't want to talk about where I ate it because. <laughs> <laughs> well, we context clues tell you that only, you, you ate it in the car. <laughs> not only do I eat it in the car, but pretty much like every fast food place I go to for lunch while I'm working, uh-huh. uh, I have like a preferred place to park that's never their parking lot. Like. <laughs> Taco well, Bell today, I parked in the Planet Fitness parking lot for obvious reasons. <laughs> you have to take it to a second location. Right. Uh, yeah. Wait, what was what was the thing the other day where the guy like yelled at you and then told you to drive into a different parking lot for them to deliver your food? Oh yeah, that was wild. Yeah. And you then know, you, I, I'm starting to And think then you had the a heart problem, attack after. <laughs> it's, it's partially true. Um, well, I'll talk I, about that later. <laughs> I feel time. like I feel like part of the problem is I'm placing my orders. Like on the mobile apps, you, they no one knows how to use the there. mobile app. I just love rewards points. <laughs> Dan, how's that? Uh, how's oh, that Chipotle I'm reading recon this article going? Uh, called Chipotle has a celebrity card and fourteen other restaurants that give celebs free food. Oh my and, god! Uh, yeah, celebrity uh, Chipotle has uh, like a a wooden card. Um, Big Sean has one. Uh, yeah, and then McDonald's has a gold card. Ooh. Uh, there's a Burger King crown card. Like, they just send these to celebrities in hopes that they'll eat. And I just want to say, like, I I would accept one, and I would nonstop <laughs> post about it. What? So, what, is there a picture of the, of the Chipotle wooden card? Yeah. I, again, I remember Deezus posting one, but this one is from Danny Ainge has one. Oh, here's Big Sean's. It's it's like a it's really ugly. It doesn't it, look th- like a. Oh my god! Oh it's my like a personalized. God. Wow, that's so why. Yeah. So oh, do yeah. they? It looks do, like the when, front of the Moulin Rouge or something. When they're doing their like training, are they like okay? Yeah, in case if, Big Sean comes through, here's <laughs> what the Chipotle card. Looks I wonder. Like. I wonder on the back if it has anything. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of like my my like plan. I want to print out a bunch of like glossy eight by 10 headshots and then just like hand anytime I like pay the bill at a diner or something like hand my check over with like a signed headshot and with no context of who I could be and just see if it ends up on the wall. You know, like it it must also too. they must like, I'm sure they're not just giving it to you without monitoring. So they must have a list of it. So I want to know like who in the corporate office is like, has access like okay big sean ate at the chipotle on verdugo boulevard 141 <laughs> times this year like they gotta know that information yeah, like, right it's gotta have a, a number that like clicks something off in the system but this all reminded me of uh were you a 30 rock fan at all oh i just rewatched the whole series oh it's actually. so fucking good i, I rewatch it every few times but it reminds me of uh the <laughs> the uh episode with uh the the free carvel card that they do the whole sting operation of a uh, like putting a typo on the cake and returning it for cash. Yeah, right, right. And right. Uh, it just reminds me of the free ice cream for life the, card. With Kelsey and, Grammer. Yeah, with Kelsey Grammer, <laughs> and then uh, one last big con, and then uh, they revoke her free ice cream card, and she just has a card that says "No ice cream for life." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I just had what such I, a good. I was so working funny. on his office job when I was like. 22 had no money i mean i have no money now but like when i was 22 i definitely didn't spend it on wi-fi assistant and i <laughs> i this one this 
coworker came up to me and he was like, hey, man, do you want Starbucks? And I was like, no, not really. I don't like Starbucks. He's like, I know, but do you want free Starbucks? And I was like, oh, that changes everything. Yes, of course. He's like, okay, here's here's what you do. He's like, the Starbucks that just opened downstairs, I just went over to them and I tried to use a gift card. And they told me, they were like, oh, you know what? Actually, our system is not set up yet for gift cards. So we'll just, this one's on us. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, great. So I went down there and I took his gift card and I tried that and it worked. And I had to act surprised. I was like, oh, you're not set up. Oh, okay, well, thank you so much. And then I was there like every day getting like whatever the, just out of principle, whatever the most expensive thing was, it was like a double grande, like frappe thing with like whipped cream. You yeah, know, it was yeah. like this big. <laughs> it was like $11. And I yeah. was like, oh, oh, you can't take my gift card? Oh, well, I guess I'll just take it for free for the eighth consecutive day. Um, so yeah, that was a good scam I had going. I'm into any scam. I love on a good a scam. Fast food. Love my, scam. My friend worked at at Starbucks for a long time. And I don't know if this is like still their uh, ethos, but she told me like Starbucks has like a customer is always right policy. So mm-hmm. if you are just like, I don't want to pay for this, there's really essentially nothing you can do. I mean, you're going to look like a dick. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if you want to go through that um, and there's also, you probably know this, but there's lots of like, like Popeye's, no, not Popeye's KFC has like policies where if you go in there and you're like, I'm a touring band and I'm can't afford lunch, they'll like give you like potato wedges or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, Chipotle used to do that. We used Chipotle to. Chipotle uh, used to do that. Yeah. We used to call from the van and be like, "Hi, we're a band." Our, yeah. our, our our drummer used to go, "Hi, um, do you support the arts?" And yeah, like, you, you have to. You have to idiot. use the right wording. I yeah, it's, it's, like it an, it's like an oh, MK so Ultra whole, trigger. If, if you say time. something, if you say something to the effect of like, "We're touring artists." And uh, are like looking to eat healthy or something like that. Fuck uh, that. If you use their, I bet you anything somebody's put it on Reddit or whatever. But yeah, that that totally works. Like calling ahead and saying it, it you're switches an MK in. Ultra trigger, and then they have to give it to you for free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember but, going in with like. 20 people and yeah. they're just like in a line what do you want it's like, yeah fuck, this is there's amazing. A, of course i want guac uh back on the the I, I was running a fast food scam for a good portion of high school uh do you guys know those like softball fundraiser cards that people like sell for you know like softball leagues and things like that okay and it's like a card that has like 10 or so local businesses and you know there's like a 10 percent off here you know 10 percent off wendy's or you know Things like that, but they had one for Taco Bell that was uh, buy one item, get one item free or lesser value with the purchase of a, like a medium drink or something. And I remember scratching off the like it was because it's just like screen printed cards, and I scratched off with a razor blade the like with free drink, and I scratched off the um, the expiration date on the card. <laughs> And it looked clean, and I used that card for no joke like four years, where I would just get like buy one get one free anything on the menu all the time, and it was it was so good. It was such a golden era of like having a car in high school, and then also having like a good scam going at at the Taco Bell. uh, My friend in high school had a uh, it worked at Subway as a sandwich artist Mm. and he uh i guess they still have it but they had that thing where like if you get 
six stamps on your card, mm-hmm. you get a free sub. And so, like, whenever somebody would come in and claim their sub, he would be like, okay, great. And he would just put the card in his pocket. And so, like, he used to just have a stack of cards for, like, good for one free sub. So, like, he would just hand those to us. And it was so funny because you would go in all the time uh, to, like, another subway and cash in, like, and they'd be like, you're... Donna Vigiano, 51 years old, and you're like, yes, give me my meatball yes, and cheese. Oh, man. Sorry, so, Big Don sent me down here for yeah, a yeah. Uh, <laughs> Teresa told me to, to come. I don't know yeah, what to she, tell you. She works down at the office, and I'm, I'm um, picking up lunch for the for the crew. So, yeah, and we would she just gets like, mad. We would just have those those cards ready to go. Like, I never paid for Subway ever. That's, man, yeah, which, you know, nor should you. is like... It's like saying I never paid for just like toxic waste. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got a yeah, discount well, on it. Their bread like legally can't be defined as bread. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in hindsight, like I don't know how I ate so much Subway because like when I walk by one now, the smell oh, like the makes, smell. Me sick. makes me sick. Yeah, it makes me it sick. It makes me so ill. It's gross. No, I, did you guys ever have Quiznos? Yeah, yeah and I liked Quiznos oh, more. Quiznos was so good. There was and, a Quiznos at that stop. Uh, like when you're transferring from the seven to the G, uh-huh. uh, there was that Quiznos. So once in a while, I'd like hop off, get Quiznos, <laughs> the Quiznos. and then get back on the G and eat it. In, in a shame. Quiznos layover, they call it. Yeah, right, uh, right. And then they <laughs> fucking took it away. I was like the only I, person. I, they had that like weird hot pepper sauce that was so good that you could just squeeze because they had the pepper bar too, and you could just squeeze it out, and it was it was like a tangy pepper sauce. But there was a a Quiznos. Um, Near like it was in a parking lot with a Kmart and like friendlies, and I remember it was closed for the longest time. And then me and my friends drove by, and one day it was just randomly open, and the place was disgusting. There, the trash was like overflowing the top with like flies everywhere. They were out of half the stuff, and we still ordered sandwiches because we missed Quiznos so much. And then it was closed the next day. Like I think people can't broke imagine in. why people like broke in to like run Quiznos for like one mm-hmm. last day, and then it was gone forever. You, <laughs> you was, definitely did not eat food, my man. I hate to like I don't know. How to <laughs> it say it, was, this, it like, was a bizarre moment, but it was truly like. Like we already ordered. Do we still eat it? <laughs> we have this thing out here that just at a principle I don't think I can indulge in called in uh Jersey Mike's, which is oh. like a sandwich place. Yeah. Don't get in a Jersey And Mike's. I don't I don't like the idea of a uh of a fast food place appropriating tri-state area culture yeah. you know yeah so i just tight. i can't oblige i can't i can't do i have not had it yet i couldn't tell you how it they're is. not uh it's not the worst sandwich i've ever had mm-hmm. um the first time i had one was in what's that like minneapolis or you know and i was like this would be great i could use a sandwich it's fine yeah at, at yeah best. what was uh What's the other sub place where the the owner's like a real asshole, like always has like big game hunting, shooting uh, photos and shit that he's been canceled multiple times? Not Papa John. No, no, he's he's <laughs> infallible. Uh, no, it's it's a, it's another sub place. Um, like a big sub place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bl- not Blimpies. Or? No, Blimpy also Hoboken Legends number one. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's not Subway. It's not Jersey Mike's. It's uh. 
Firehouse. No, it's not that either. It's bigger than Firehouse, but it, it doesn't matter. Nine, but they're nine no, eleven heroes. Nine <laughs> eleven heroes was great. That that's a they're real place too two foot long. No, uh, no, there was in in Hamilton, New Jersey, where I grew up. There was a very short lived sub restaurant called Nine Eleven Heroes. Mm. <laughs> that's fucked so fucked up. I love it. I have a picture of that sign. It's it's a prized possession. But um, no, but they're famous for like they scraped out the center of their like sub rolls. Oh yeah, I like that. I can get down with that. I don't I like. Because then when you have a sandwich, it's like the bread is like touching each other. Like, could you close it up? And it looks like there's nothing in it, you know, because mm. it's all scraped out and hollowed out. And what I'm like, I don't want that. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. And now yeah. I'm like, yeah. we used to get it. There was a place in New Brunswick. I used to get it all the time. But I, I got really mad because it like it doesn't look like it just looks like you're eating a loaf of bread when you're eating it. Which I mean, I'll I mean, I guess if you like keeping secrets, you know. Uh, look, look, only because we're into Breadgate, I want to tell you that I bought a bread product that I've never purchased before. <laughs> You're listening and, to the number one and, music podcast, yeah, everyone. <laughs> and boy, am I excited about it. So, you know, like Martin's Potato Rolls, Martin's mm-hmm. Potato Bread. Uh, Martin's also has a loaf of bread called Real Butter Bread. Okay. And I got to tell you, boys, Real Butter Bread is where it's at. Is it? Yeah. All uh, right. They, they say we're going to, they say we have like a, a few months left before like our grain uh supply runs out because we get a lot from russia apparently cool mm. good so, planning uh yeah so all we're that like subsidized at, we're like, farming we're doing <laughs> we're at the lowest level of wheat since 2008 and i i just feel like if people can't have uh their biscuits for thanksgiving uh we're just never gonna hear the fucking end of it you know it's gonna be like the worst <laughs> thing in the world Oh Fucking man, Biden! I'll tell Biden's you, Biden's America can't even get bread. He's, he's doing it to us. He did. This, I'm looking you know? forward to it. I've been trying to cut down on carbs, so I think this <laughs> is going to be a good thing for all of us. I no, think we could all. Italian, that's going to affect my, pasta. That's going to yeah, affect. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's pizza. True. Yeah. Okay. I changed Most my mind. Most of the this good stuff, stuff I like about. All right, everyone, Chinese stock food. up. Yeah, I'm gonna start. <laughs> then then we're gonna find right out now. who's really using grains. Because if like Domino's is not affected at all, we're gonna be like, <laughs> what are what kind of bread are you using that you're just f- fine through this? Uh, well, that's un- like Subway. unaffected at all. Subway yeah. like in their bread had the same ingredients as yoga mats or some shit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Subway were the only ones still still scraping by. But uh, but yeah, we were talking about soda. <laughs> what 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 good sodas you had lately? Well, you know, I have the whole. I, I got it, Chris. So I I let Chris. He was filming something, and I let him stay in my unused estate. Yeah, uh, your pool as, house. As I and so he um, he like just as a very nice thank you left me like a, a no joke like a case of various sodas there were probably like 40 of them in there and, holy um, shit well yeah, there's that so really I, big soda shop out in la right yeah galco's that, that's yeah where yeah yeah oh, so i promised like, land i've been like slowly working through it i try not to have soda during the week so it's 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 just been like a once a week you know on like a saturday i'll i'll crack one open and try it but i've gone through so many and like the one that he was like insistent, like dude, he was like the what his exact words were. He was like to me, he was like drinking a cold one of these in the pool is the height 
of living. And okay. so I had a cold I had it cold in the pool and I was still like, nah, not for me. Wait, it was so like a, what was it? It was like a cucumber soda. It's Ooh, called like Mr. Q's. He, yeah, he loves the cucumber He's soda. He's a big I fan of that. I don't think I really liked cucumbers so i was just okay. like no I, i'm not super into this but like all the ones that have been like root beers it's really hard to fuck up a root beer so i've been like yeah. really into the root beers and cream sodas there's one called dang um it's called like dang that's good soda or something like that and there's like a butterscotch root beer that one big fan of i think i have another one of those left in there somewhere um so yeah, I've been just it's been a really exciting the summer of discovery for I me love in the it. soda business. Yeah, did you did you go to his um did you go to any of his Chris Gethard show tapings throughout the many iterations of Um I only went to one uh <clears throat> he one day like randomly just texted me and because he he just knew like us both being from the same area, we we just we we, we end up like talking about a lot of like local scene stuff uh, a lot when we hang out. And so he yeah. was just like texted me one day and he was like, "Hey man, um, uh, Adam and his package is on the show tonight. Yes. Do you want to come?" We and talked about like, that with Matt oh, Pryor actually. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so so good. I was like, "Yeah, for sure, I want to come." And so I went to his studio. It was the first time I'd ever been there, and I felt like kind of a heel because. You know, there was just like people waiting outside, but yeah. I was, they were just like ushered me in. It was very nice. <laughs> but then I like went inside and I didn't know what to do. I was just like the only one there. So yeah. I was just kind of like sitting in this blank cafeteria room. And then um, I was like, well, I guess I'll go out where everybody else is. It doesn't make any sense to sit here. So I, I went out and I was walking down the hallway and I saw Chris. And he was talking to the, the to the guest that night, who was John Mulaney. Yeah, and I was just talking to them for like a quick minute, and we we were. <laughs> I don't know. I was, it was just such a weird trio of people because we were like, yeah, so like I'm excited about Adam and his package. And then Chris was like, John, do you know about Adam and his package? And John, and John Mulaney was just like, no. And so we were like, He's like no, I'm a normal we, person. We were like, Tell, yeah, totally. He was like, why would I know about this? And Chris was just explaining it. And just the, the more into it we got, the more insane we sounded. We were like, oh my God, John. So he's this guy. It's just one guy. And he's just got like this thing called the package. He's no band. And he just plays, and he writes all these songs about like he's writes all these songs about the metric system, and he has one called "I Am Downright Amazed by What You Can Destroy with a Hammer," and one of them is about the the, the Chiefs and the and, and the Redskins, and John Mulaney's just like okay and you know and so we just sound like complete lunatics and then um i was just like okay i think i've embarrassed myself enough i'm gonna go watch the show and so that was the only time i had ever gone but it was a great deal of fun if you watch if you watch it online you can you can see me on there yeah that's uh that's something i really want to get him on uh on this because like yeah like the same deal his music booking was so crazy I think it's very much that same thing that you were talking about. Like, I can't believe I got, you know, Charles Bronson in a in a best selling book, and I can't believe I got the Los Crudos. Like, he is someone who got Adam and his package on cable television. You know, we we he and I did an interview uh, f- 
um i like i interviewed him and uh-huh. you can like still it's still up you can still read it but it was a really good like long interview at where he was kind of at like a turning point in his career and we were talking a lot about the musical guests i think at that time the show had just ended so we did kind mm-hmm. of like a like an exit interview type of thing and i i was asking him like i was like you know as you got bigger as the show like grew did you have like bigger bookings like did you have bigger artists asking to be on the show and he was like, yeah, we did. And I won't say who it was, but there was like one time where we had like a really big indie rock act, like ask us to be on the show. And a lot of people were kind of like weird about it because it wasn't like something like it was just always people we put on that we liked. Yeah. And this was like a, a more traditional booking. Um and he was like, but I was like, we have to do it because we have to show respect. This is important. Yeah. And he's like, we did it. And it, he said it was like the only time that it backfired because like the band canceled like at the last minute. And he was oh, like, it, yeah, so yeah. it's the only time where he like tried to go outside his comfort zone and not just book things based on like what he likes. And it ended up blowing up in his face. And I yeah. feel like that happens to me all the time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, totally, totally get that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, he had, I mean, I was someone who went to a lot of, uh, a lot of the tapings throughout the years. Uh, I mean, he had like the finale of the first season, at Asbury Lanes, which mm. was incredible. And me and my friend drove out to that because we're like, oh, we couldn't get tickets to the finale. But he posted online, like, we're all going to Asbury Lanes. Meet us there. And it was, like, one of the best nights. Mm. And, yeah, same. he just put on so many people. I mean, early, like, even on the public access dates, I think the second episode he ever did, he had GDP on. Like, <laughs> the second public access episode he ever did. And just, like, really, really cool, like, weird shit. And then, yeah, like I said, when he had the actual cable, like, basic cable show, like, he had Adam and his package, and he had, you know, Screaming Females, and he had, you know, um, Chris Farron, and just, like, so much fun. You know, Jeff Rosenstock. Uh, that was actually the funniest thing about uh, the Matt Pryor episode. Like, we talked about how much he loved Jeff Rosenstock for, like, 20 minutes as like the best current punk band at it right now you know so on tuesday at 209 p.m i blind fired a message out to chris gathered via via instagram direct message okay uh and it's real bad i'd like to share this this instagram dm with (laughs) you if i can (laughs) all right uh hey chris i hope you're doing well this is where it gets good (laughs) (laughs) it's off to a good start so far i know you're a Big time podcaster and entertainer. (laughs) I have a podcast that I'd love to have you on. We do a show called Run Into the Gram where we talk to folks about records they love. We had Micah Bruzy on. I think you guys know each other. We really want to have more New Jersey folks. Let me know if you want any additional details. Not seen yet. But I hope... Any minute now. (laughs) You're manifesting it. You're you're doing the, the secret. I, I know, I know we talked about this before, but I cannot stop listening to New Jersey's the world. Oh, it's great. Like it, it lends validation to how much I love my home state that I probably will never move back to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Um, so yeah, I think we should get into some, (laughs) man, you know, I had the perfect transition earlier. I was going to say something about like, man, Pints of nitro Pepsi make you strong, and I just couldn't get there. 
<laughs> you you really have fallen off with your transitions. I know. The last know. like fifteen episodes. Well, uh, but yeah. So when I was asking you about what record you wanted to choose, I think I said to Andrew. I bet you it's going to be an against me record. And then yeah. I think like 30 minutes later, you emailed me. You're like, hey, let's just do uh, As the Eternal Cowboy. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like I've, I've, I've done this. Like, I just, I feel like I just did Jimmy World's Clarity. I'm doing like, I blame my friend David for this, but there's like so many music podcasts that are like specific to one artist that they're like, oh, it's a podcast where we just talk about fucking propaganda or whatever and i'm like okay um but so yeah so after like all of the ones i've done i'm like what have i not talked about See, out of, i did out of all i did those podcasts, Plane, i did uh the ringer like i've talked about green day i've talked about blink like i feel like i've talked about all of my knowledge on podcasts i'm like depleted at this point yeah i mean that's that's what sets our music podcast aside is is that we we don't talk that much about music we yeah. go on a, a 30 minute tangent about fast food and all the etiquette that goes along with it <laughs> but uh yeah no so i mean obviously you have a very rich history with uh with uh large large <laughs> grace call it rich <laughs> you know well, it's a little it's a little interesting because everybody that we've been on and talked about records nobody i felt like has been like an expert on that subject it's just been it's like, like oh, you're just asking insane people to come on and rant well, on your <laughs> no but like you know having uh having kip berman from pains on to talk about mineral was like you know what kip didn't keep up with me you know what i mean i that's not or maybe he did i don't, I don't really know but so this is the third against me full length. No, it's only this. Well, most people would say it's the second. Like Laura, Laura did a an LP on her own uh, that I don't think anybody really counts as a as a proper LP. So this one's really only the second record. Okay, right. I thought so. And it's a it's a pretty big shift from reinventing Axl Rose. Uh, yeah, well, they, uh, I'm trying to think of like how the lineup had changed. Um, it's still Warren, right? Yeah, but they, they had gotten Andrew at this Andrew. time. So they had like a, an actual basis. Right. Um, and he so, does yeah. all those high harmonies, right? Uh, no, it's usually James that's doing the high harmonies. Okay. Uh, yeah, James does a lot to back up Laura's sound, but no, yeah, I mean, it was like an actual band and, and they had really done away with the, like, largely the acoustic stuff. There's like so little surprisingly, um, video footage of like early against me, like, but somebody recently update added like a, a, a video to YouTube in like Kentucky or something like that, where it's just Laura, James and their original drummer and it's it's just like fucking uh it's Laura like playing an acoustic guitar like an electric guitar you know it's crazy um <coughs> but, excuse me but by, by the time they did this record it was like a full proper electrified band you know yeah right yeah uh, cuz it's so i never quite got into it um I think my record that I spent the most time with was Transgender Dysphoria Blues, I think. And uh, it was mainly because I got hired by NME to travel to Music Hall of Williamsburg 
to photograph their show. Uh, and it was on the tour with the Sidekicks, I think, and the Suburbs, which it would have been like two, probably 2013, 2014, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when I was still doing a lot of music photography. I was actually lamenting to Andrew about it because it, it, it like brought up a real sore subject that I think they paid me $150 and they needed the photos by like 9 a.m. UK time. Mm. And I was living in central Jersey. So I took the train in. I don't think Against Me went on until 1130 at night and I needed to leave by midnight if I was going to yeah, catch yeah. the last train back. So you just and then shot I, the I, first two songs yeah there was no barricade and i had some like filthy crust punk with his ass hanging out like stage diving over my camera the entire time and i i got home at like 1 30 in the morning and had like less than 90 minutes to edit and upload (laughs) and send it i think they were still using ftp servers and stuff Mm -hmm. and all for like a little but it was like it was enemy i i can't not shoot for enemy i like i love that we're shaming them so I mean, as they should be. I mean, that's that's part of the reason I got out of... I Like, I stopped shooting for Alternative Press because they were paying z- zero dollars. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I got off their press list because I called them out for, like, asking for photos for free. And I was like, this is mm. ridiculous. Uh, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a pretty good reason I don't work in that sphere anymore. And it's because, like, there's too many people willing to do it for free. Yeah, I know. It's hard when people like just dilute a craft. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't know if I can keep up with this. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> going back to like, you know, tr- it's it's funny because like in my mind, I I always like went back and forth between as far as like my favorite against me albums, mm-hmm. uh, transgender dysphoria blues, and uh, reinventing Axl Rose because. I don't know, like reinventing Axl Rose is so important to me because it's rough, but it was the album that uh, got me into the band. And those songs like really carried the band for the early part of their career. But then like Transgender Dysphoria Blues, I think is is, like such an important album that I like feel lucky to have like lived through the release of. But so like it was always like between those two in my mind. But then like I don't remember when it was. Maybe it was like when I was working on Sellout actually that. I thought a lot more about Eternal Cowboy. And to me, like, I I think that Eternal Cowboy is probably actually the best against me album in the same way that I'm like, you know what? Pulp Fiction is Quentin Tarantino's best movie. My favorite is Jackie Brown, and the one I like watching the most is Inglorious Bastards, but I will admit that Pulp Fiction is his best work. Yeah, Same thing with and- Against Me. Like, Eternal Cowboy is their best record, and it's just like, <clears throat> to go on a little rant about what made me realize this, like, you know, I think that there's a lot of bands that, um, you know, like, uh, there's a moment when they just click, and there's certainly years beyond that moment when they stick around for the money or whatever whatever it is. But there's a moment when a, a band is still incubating. There's a, ban- a moment when a band is kind of hates each other but is hanging together. But, but Eternal Cowboy is just when it all came together. They just like were like, oh my God, we're friends and we're making music in a band that people like and we're having fun. Let's fucking go. And so like that to me is like why it's, it's their best record. It's their most fun one. It's when they, like, there was no other bullshit. There was no rules. They just got some money from Fat Records to make a record, and they would just like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And it's just, um, 
it's just fun and it's so confident. It's just like one of those records that knows how good it is. And like the first track on the record is called This Shit Rules. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's just something so cool about when a band hits their stride when they're just so cocky. And that's what it is. It's just an album that's just so fucking cocky. It's so like arrogant in 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 a really cool way you know and so like to me when i just hear this record i'm like it just has something that no other against me record has like even on the next record you can you can hear the doubt start to come in you can hear like the tainting of their like love of the art but this is just like eternal cowboy is just pure fun you know it's just like when they were just like being in a band is fucking awesome, and we're in the best band. And so, like, there's just, like, a bravado about it that I, even the cover, too, like, you know, I likened it in Sellout to, like, I always saw it, and I don't know if this is, like, deliberate or not, but I always saw it as, like, um, an inverse of, of the Springsteen Born in the USA cover. You know, like, on that record, you just see the back of, yeah. of, of the Bruce's hips, you know, and it's kind of, like, that just ass. a view of his butt of that ass. And then, like, <laughs> Eternal Cowboy is kind of the opposite. It's just, like, facing you dead on. Like, Laura's crotch, dead on. And it's just, like, fuck you. Like, it's just, it's such such a, like, a subtle, like, confrontational shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, and there's no, her face isn't even in it. But it's, like, in a, it, to me, it's just so confrontational. It's just, like, daring you, in a way. It's just, like, daring you to, like, fuck with this album, you know? And so, like, everything right down to the cover about it, I just love. Yeah. I feel like there's, um, this album's, like, a confluence of two huge things. Um, <clears throat> a band who finally has money to make the record that they, you know, can make. Um, without thinking about what it's going to do, like where that sits in their career. Like the next record starts, I I mean, I I would imagine starts thinking about like career, especially going to a major label after that next record. Um, but this one is, it's such a fun record. Um, it's also an incredibly smart record. Um, the lyrics are incredible. Um, and so self-aware. Uh, and also like giving everybody the finger at the same time. Um, yeah, it's just such a, such There's an incredible, just no overthought on it. it right. Like most of the songs are not even 90 seconds long, like two mm. minutes long or, or less. I, I think only two, I'm looking at it now. Uh, yeah, like mo a, half of the songs are under two minutes. You know, like, uh, it's not even a 25 minute album. Um, I did appreciate that. Yeah, it's just it's just like you know they wrote it fast. They were like we just need songs to like go back on the road. Like what what would what would you know and they were such a good live band at that time too. It was just like what can we do to our like what can we give ourselves um so that our set just rocks every night. And so yeah. they just gave themselves like 10 like just stage bangers, you know? And so like, I just love that about the record. It's, it's, I, I've really come around on this as being like the record, you know, I think if somebody were like, how, how do I get into against me? Um, and I were to just give them one record. I think it's, I think it's gotta be this one. Cause like the first one's a little rough. It's kind of like a grower. And then, you know, to, to really appreciate like a record, like transgender dysphoria blues, I think you have to know a lot about their history 
um, to fully appreciate it. But this record is just immediate. It's so immediate. It just grabs you right away. Um, so like this, this is the one that really, I think if anybody listening has still not given it against me a chance, like this is the one to really sink your teeth into. Let me, so this, what was the, there, this record or the original release of this record wasn't laid out the way they wanted. Is that correct? No, it wasn't that it wasn't laid. You, you might be thinking of the next one. Um, oh, okay. Cause next, I thought that yeah. there was, there was a later album, re, like a re-release of this called the original cowboy. Which, like, um, starts off with that those intro were, they, that they was... They did release, like, some demo versions, which Fat Mike, like, swears he uh, are better than the original. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that's true. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there was, like... You know, they, they, they got out of their Fat Records contract very uh, ungracefully. And I think that there was some, like, contract fulfilling that needed to be done. Um, so Fat fat released like something like that to kind of like squeeze more right that out of the sponge. And, and that live and album. that live record yeah yeah which is a great live record it's so funny because we were who are we talking about live records with matt Pryor. oh all right well we i it's such a great live record. He, he was shocked that i liked live at the granada theater i think that's what it was when we were talking about that hmm but uh, i was just listening to the minus the bear live farewell record and it's also a very good live record I like live records. I have yeah. no problem with them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought it was funny because I, back to the Matt Pryor thing, like I really, really loved Live at the Granada Theater. And that's like what kicked my ass in the gear to like see them when they did their farewell tour the first time. And when I was like doing some research when we had them on, that like record was like a total flop. <laughs> like no one actually got into it, which is very bizarre. But I think it's really well done. You know, Against Me was the last band before like lockdown that i saw really yeah i saw uh jake lang uh was doing i guess front of house for them um and i went they were on tour with cursive okay uh, which is cursive apparently is the only band that my wife and i can agree on so <laughs> the figure. um yeah my uh my buddy Andy Clark, I went to high school with, was doing um, sound for Against Me for a long time. I don't know if he still is, but he he usually does uh, like was it back of house sound or stage stage sound. Hmm. But uh, I remember going to that show in in Music Hall Williamsburg and seeing Andy there, and I'm like, what the fuck? Because he was doing it for them and and the Sidekicks, who mm. also is a really really good band. I miss the Sidekicks. I don't think I ever listened to it. You never listened? To, I think you'd get in them. They were cool. I did. The, I shot their AP recommends photo at like Princeton University and in Princeton Record Exchange. Back in the another day. Jersey institution. Hell yeah. Mm. The uh, so were you seeing against me around like live when this album was out? Were you seeing them that early on? Yeah, I'll, as a photographer, maybe you'll appreciate. But I have these like I put. I just put it in a zine. These like disposable. They, they were they disposable camera pictures that they might have been with an actual camera um but seeing them i think this was on a tour with grab ass charleston's um oh wow they were just like such a sweaty band that was somewhere <laughs> in new jersey i think that was in some like bowling alley in new jersey or something like that yeah, I think um, that they are still a very. If I remember correctly, my photo of Lara is also like a very sweaty. Yeah, picture, but it was like, like a it few was songs like a, into the set, <clears throat> like a group sweat. Like mm. they would just make the room, you know, <laughs> like they would just 
take over the room and turn it into just like a sauna. You know, it was a really crazy, um, like what, what they used to, I'm not, not, this is not disrespecting them their later period, but like what they used to bring to a room was like people, you know, got people hooked, you know, it was like infectious how they could just like make a, a, a any room into like a party. Yeah. So Dan, yes, not you. <laughs> uh, good Dan. Um, <laughs> wow. Let me add. So you're, you're an against me expert. I've seen your business card. Um, I I remember a story. I don't remember, know if I remember this remembering this correctly, but they were on tour and they like welded someone's dressing room door shut. Is that? Yeah, I mean that's not, well. That was you know what you're probably thinking of. You're probably thinking of that DVD. Uh, did you watch the Never Going Home DVD? Yeah, that's the uh, one that came with uh, Searching. No, no, no. They they oh. made a documentary. Um, oh. And at that time, they were real like rambunctious yeah, uh, and kids. They, were... they 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 did padlock somebody into their padlock. room, and I'm not I'm forgetting who it was. But yeah, they they were pranksters. They they used to be like you know real real hard to deal with in that regard because they were just you know committed to tour hijinks. And so yeah, they they definitely like have locked people in their dressing room. I know that. I want to say that I like tour hijinks, but I think when it comes down to it, I don't think I want that. Like being on tour is hard. You know what I mean? Like just that lifestyle of like being sedentary for 20 hours a day and then like having to lift stuff and then, you know, and then have energy to then, yeah, like pop Mm -hmm. off at the show. It's tough. I don't, I, I think you'd have to have tour hijinks. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching. Uh, do you guys remember the Riding in Vans with Boys uh, DVD? No. Oh, that was. It was. I think technically it was about the band Cut You Up. I'm unfamiliar. No one. No one is familiar. But they somehow were openers for the Blink 182 Green Day tour. Hmm, so it was this documentary of this tour. like really weird kind of jam band like hippie band not hippie it's not like that but it's like they were a real weird esoteric band opening for green day and blink 22 mm. it, it was real. i remember buying it i think i have it still i bought it in like the special interest section of best buy if you remember <laughs> that area like right next to like bum fights and the cky dvds and like Stop. street they imports sold, racing dvds sold- Bum fights at Best Buy. Oh yeah, yeah. That's unfucking hinged. Yeah, I think they also sold like Girls Gone Wild videos in that same section too. They really uh, had everything. Not, for some reason, I find that less egregious, like less. Surprising. Oh well, yeah. Bum fights is like an uh, like an atrocious thing that existed. <laughs> I mean, it's it's absolutely despicable, but it it existed. <laughs> the guy who did those does. DVDs was like a millionaire from them. So fuck, that's insane. I'm not saying it's good. Uh, the guy who did do bum fights, though, famously went on Dr. Phil dressed as Dr. Phil, and he got <laughs> very mad. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, they, they're a lot of tour hijinks is what I was getting <laughs> with that. <laughs> Seeing like pre, uh, uh, what was the fucking big Jesus of Suburbia record? American Idiot, like pre-American Idiot green day like yeah, having fun it was called the pop disaster tour yes oh my god and what a disaster it was but yeah there, there is, is a dvd about it 
There is a lot of acoustic guitar on this record. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm looking back at the songs right now. Oh, yeah. They they really pared it down. Uh, The last song is... Um, but like sink Florida sink. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that was kind of them nodding to like, oh, we're not completely getting rid of the acoustic stuff. So, right. Yeah. I, I did notice that, um, I think two, so- two songs in a row, the choruses are both just woes. Oh my God. They made so much use out of so many woes, woes. but like two songs in a row in the sequencing have woes as the chorus. I think sink it's Florida sink is one if- of them and whatever comes before that. I could be wrong. I feel like I have so much of this kind of useless factoid <laughs> we knowledge want in my brain. But I feel like Laura mentioned one time that she... Oh, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. Like, yeah, never mind. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, did she take those woe-woes from somebody else? <laughs> AFI. But I think that was somebody else that took the woe-woes from cursive or something. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, I I famous we we talked about this on the the Matt Pryor episode with Dillinger Four about how so many of these bands that I never listened to like I knew of through the short songs for short people compilation, and I think No Effects their song on that compilation was called We Hate Woes, and it was like between AFI and The Offspring like we don't need yeah. any more woes. <laughs> but um yeah no I noticed uh, the guitars are very jangly on this record as well. Uh, a lot of real like Smith style kind of jangly guitars going on, um, but th- here's the one thing again like not knowing of against me really much in this era, um, but I do remember the backlash that was New Wave when that came out. Listening to this album and then listening to some tracks off New Wave, I'm like, this isn't that different. Like, was it? Was oh, most- I disagree. I. I- couldn't tell you how bad i i hated and still hate new wave really I think, uh, yeah i i just think it's like i i think it's the opposite of what i love about eternal cowboy eternal cowboy like i said it's like to the bone just you know no no fat on it whatsoever it's just like a lean fucking like just destroyer and then uh New Wave, to me, just sounds like they were sitting there like, what else can we put on this? What else can we do? Yeah. And I just don't like it, you know, and that's nothing against Butch or, or anybody. I just, like, it's not the kind of rock band that I want against me to be. You know, like, if I want, like, a big studio record, I'll listen to, like, fucking, I don't know, Coldplay or something like that, right? <laughs> but, like, I from against me, I'm like, no, man, just give me the, just give me that shred, you know, that, that like, tight party rock, you know? Um, so yeah, so when I, when I felt like they were trying to go that direction, I, I just don't think that it worked for them. Um but that's just one man's opinion. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just meant, like, the departure from what they were doing on Axl Rose to this. You know, like, it didn't oh, seem Rose like... The- it, it seemed like a bigger jump than this oh, yeah. to, I Axel, guess you- to, to New Wave is what I kind of meant. Because, like... See, the, the, I, th- I feel like the biggest jump in their career is this to Searching. Hmm... I think like searching. those are th- those kind of sound and like I love searching, but like those sound like you know not the same band. Yeah, I mean, like a, a lot. You know, their records have really all been different. I don't know mm-hmm. what you would liken 
which two you would like and is like the most similar. Right. But I do think that they've they've done however many eight different records, you know, like I, mm. I, I don't think, I don't think they've ever just like fallen into a groove where they're like, yeah, let's just keep doing that. Um, they all have definitely distinct identities, which is why, like, I feel like their, their catalog is so, um, you know, like you ask 10 different against me fans, you might get 10 different responses, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I don't think there's really a unanimous consent. Like, I, I definitely think there are some ones that are f- more fan favorites and definitely some that have fallen by the wayside in their catalog. But, like, I, I, it's really hard to find unanimous consent in their, in their records. Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, I really loved, um, well, the one line in, in Mutiny, the magazine spreads of fashion models holding gas masks in their hand, and that, like, took me back to such an era of, like, bad flicker photography. Mm. of like that weird era of like hot girls in bikinis wearing gas masks <laughs> and it was just like a very specific slice of of uh of just like bad photography and like art school level photography at the time on uh, that note i don't like in the in the next record uh i really hate that song about condoleezza rice oh I hate it. i was just <laughs> talking to uh i don't know if you know joe morrow joe morrow and i were just talking yeah, yeah. about against me today uh, and he was like, man, I hated that Condoleezza song. I did too. And, and, and it's funny because too, I, I, I'm such a hypocrite because I feel like I really criticize when bands make a, a political song that's not political at all. You know, like American Idiot, uh, you're like, okay, oh, this is a political record. What the fuck is it about? What are you talking right. about? Who, yeah. who are the people you're talking about? I have no idea. Um, but and then, Laura's so, but, like, here's but then, everybody's yeah, but then, by name. <laughs> right. I know. So it's so weird because like when she made a, a song about Condoleezza Rice, I was like, I fucking hate this. Like, I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. And I'm like, I, and, and it, yeah. So I realized like what a hypocrite I sound like. Um, I don't know. Like I just, some, maybe it's because like, and it's weird because I don't hold the same standard to dead Kennedys because like when they were singing about like Ronald Reagan or, or like Jesse Helms, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is cool. And so maybe it's just like living through it that I'm like, I, I don't say, want a song about Connelly. In the same way, like when they announced that, <clears throat> that, that biopic about Dick Cheney, I'm like, I'm not fucking watching this. Yeah. Like, I rem- he sucks. No. Yeah. I lived through his whole stupid life. I wish it would be over soon. <laughs> yeah. I don't need um, to be reminded of it. So yeah. Like, why do I need to be reminded? So <clears throat> maybe for that same record, I have like no, uh, you know, it's the nostalgia for a bad time that I just don't like being reminded of. Yeah. Well, the what was it? Was it Sink Florida Sink that was on the Rock Against Bush uh, comp? That was a big uh, like. I remember Warp Tour seeing that everywhere, mm-hmm. and that same with the like the No Effects, Not My President shirts, and just like a very. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's a. It's a. It's a. It just seems like such a. Um, a like a relic from an era that failed. You know, yeah. like when you yeah. look back at all that rock against Bush uh, punk voter stuff, like <clears throat> I'm glad that it happened, but at the same time, it's hard to look back and, and really think that it made any sort of tangible impact. And maybe that's what I hate. I'm like, you know, I look back at it and I'm like, we fucking failed. Yeah. Like we yeah, couldn't, it was like a futile we effort. couldn't get this fucking guy who was just like an idiot, uh, war criminal 
like we couldn't even stop his second election and so like it, to, to even be part of that just feels like a failure and i know like maybe it shouldn't but like <clears throat> i just like look back at that time with such like a bad taste in my mouth you know um that like yeah that that whole era of like <clears throat> anti-bush stuff is so hard to swallow in in hindsight where you're just like how did we you know i it maybe it just feels like a personal failure um but yeah it's just like looking at a picture of fucking john Kerry. i'm yeah. like man oh my God. i yeah. fucking hate well, that i am reminded of this failure you know how old were you then uh i was I in mean, college, what year were college. like 2003 yeah i was in college for the the second election Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess that was 2004. And that's, that's when yeah. you're like super politically active too, you know, yeah. and you're just like can't even comprehend when half the country is like willing to vote for a guy who like lied you into war, you know? And so like, yeah. I don't know, like maybe, maybe that's what it is. But I also too, just like the name Condoleezza, I'm like, I don't <laughs> like hearing it in a song. Yeah, it doesn't it's lend so itself un- to being too music. It it's not a musical name. The, like the, 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 uh phonetics of it i just ugh, you know condoleezza <laughs> and also too i could be wrong but in that in that um song she laura also says like email and even to stuff like that i don't even like i don't like hearing email or like i don't like hearing things that are gonna date themselves in songs right and yeah. I, I know that it's on i know that it's unavoidable and we all have to like update our f- files because we're not like calling people from phone booths anymore i get that but like i just like hate when i hear like youtube mentioned uh, in a song yeah like, i'm like i just when i the, fucking when hate the men zingers mention netflix i i can truly like name every <laughs> instance of bands that i love dating it and this is not i don't mean to knock on them they don't why should they care what i think but the menzingers mentioning netflix hop along mentioning youtube chris mm-hmm. farron mentioning gmail i hate like all of these things are like nails uh, in a chalkboard modern, modern on, baseball mentioning twitter just otherwise good songs too you know and right. and it's funny now because i'm like i'm trying to write a novel now that's very much like of its time and i'm I am mentioning this kind of stuff, you know, because it's unavoidable. So that has made me a lot more sympathetic to the to the writer. Um, but still, like, I just don't know why. Maybe because, like, music is an ex- escape for me. And so, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me, like, just not look at the internet for five fucking seconds. This will be great. And I'll yeah. listen to a song I really like. And then I'll, like, be like, man, I'm really enjoying this song. And then they just mention, like, YouTube. And I'm like, bah, bah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's something as a photographer, too. I think it might have been Daniel. Arnold who said something about it but it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to street photography was cell phones because but he also started uh, by shooting on his cell phone on the subway and yeah, stuff it, like that so it like, might I might not have attributed it to him uh, but some, someone mentioned it but it's like literally everyone on the street now is no longer like aware of the world around them everyone just has their head buried in the cell phone you know and it, it kind of see I feel I feel the opposite what do you mean? I feel like everyone is hyper aware of the world around them. Try walking in New York. No one has any fucking spatial awareness at all. I mean, people, people, it's true. Stopping it's in true. doorways, of- stopping on s- subway steps, uh, stopping directly in front of me in the middle of a sidewalk. It's true. When I when I used to get off the Bedford L every single day, um, there would always be somebody standing right in front of the turnstile or whatever. Yeah. But- yeah. Like, but I, I, I don't, I feel like people are so like hyper aware of the world around them, like because of 
the interconnectivity. Am I wrong? Do you think uh, I'm wrong? No. Well, so that's the thing is people are aware of the world on a on a global scale or right. a national scale. You're, but you can be vi- reading about like you can know a, 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 everything that's happening in Ukraine. Yeah, and but, fucking like right. bump into the person in front of you. you yeah, know? Sure. yeah. No one knows what's actually happening in the world immediately around them. Everyone is somewhere else. But no, no joke. It drives me insane. People. I mean, just walking through the city who literally like I, walking in a museum. I don't know how statues aren't knocked over constantly because people just wander around because they're marble. But in this, well, no, like literally people just wander around in this like way that it feels like they're being carried by like waves like they're they're carried by the ocean around a room and uh, people just kind of float. And and there's no rhyme or reason to where they move, where they <laughs> stop, a, um, when they go. It, it it drives me insane because I guess maybe I am a little more aware than some people because I do like to look at things in that kind of perspective of like being present. Like I'll have headphones in, but like visually I'm trying to be as present as I can be, and it, everyone else makes that really hard. I've been trying to. I don't know if this is related or not, but I've been really trying this month i've like kind of given myself a photo assignment to take 10 photos of just setting that i'm proud of because i i really um am not good at attuning my eye to like what's going on unless there's a subject like if there's like a weird person i will spot them from like a hundred yards away (laughs) and be like oh i i know how i could photograph this weird person doing whatever weird thing they're doing but without a subject i am like useless and i've been trying to train my eye to notice things like the way light is coming in or the way you know like the the shadows are playing or off of something or whatever because i feel like i just need that stimuli of a subject and there are people who are so good at photographing like a a setting in a way that like makes you understand what it feels like to be there whether that's like the sun coming in or like you know the colors used or the lines or whatever but i i think i feel like i'm just so bad at that so i'm like i've been trying to train my eye and and my mind to just be like more mindful of the world around me and how it is without the fucking stimuli in it yeah. you know and like so i'm really just trying to take like 10 photos that are like this was a really beautiful moment that you saw take a picture of it yeah. you know without well, without the aid of like a, a subject in it you know yeah well that's that's something i kind of ha- not struggle but had to like re kind of calibrate myself to do during the pandemic cuz i've been doing these no invite books of you know portraits of people during fashion week and then when fashion week didn't exist i still had this urge to you know keep shooting and it's not even it's, it's an urge but it's also an exercise to keep myself shooting and same deal, like, I had to go out, and I was, like, rediscovering my neighborhood. I went on a road trip. I was photographing things that were, you know, more landscape-based, more street photography-based, less subject-centered-in-a-frame portraits. And then when I did my – I did Cruel Summer, and then I did I Still Feel It, which has no faces in the book at all. So, like, again, it was, like, me going even further without having that crutch – because it is a lot harder to kind of translate to because you see a face, it's human nature to kind of connect with it. You know, it's just how your brain yeah, works. Yeah. 
And then it's also something I'm very like proud of myself on my spreads that I make and like two photos that kind of relate to each other in some way. And when you when you have a person, you have all the things of the setting, like you have background, you have color, you have, you know, lighting, and then you also have a gesture of someone, like their body language, their eyes, their face, you know, their expression. When you remove that, you have to really rely on, like you said, kind of the the bare bones of photography as an a compositional art form of colored setting you know uh you know just environment and it is a lot harder to kind of try to warp your mind to kind of think like that again i you think know? also people there are some people who are good at it who have that mindset and i don't i want to be clear I, I do not mean this in like a derogatory way but i always think of the photos that they show at the end of rain man that he'd been taking that whole time <laughs> because they're all like you know, it was an autistic man who clearly yep. had a penchant for, he noticed when there were leading lines, he noticed when there was like a pattern yeah. in a fence or whatever it was. Like, you know, it's it's like he just noticed the shapes of the world. Yeah. And I feel like uh, people who probably are, are like... You know, it's not, I don't know how to explain this well. It's not like a defect in your brain, certainly. Well, but just it's just like how it's like a different analytical. Way. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Your brain is just tuned in a different way. I see, I see the world as like a fucking mess all the time that I'm like untangling a drawer for a, full of wires. But they clearly like can look at it and be like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is like, I'm looking right now at the like, um, thing in my driveway, the, uh, the wall in my driveway, which I never realized until I look at it, is like one really long triangle, you know? And like, yeah. I've never stopped to look at it like that. Yeah. Um, but somebody who's like more, their brain is geared for it, it probably would. Yeah. And that's that's something I really, um, I don't know if I've talked about on this podcast, but I've been doing a photo project since photo school, uh, which I actually... I was on your website and I realized that your website is still hosted on Tumblr. Yeah, I fucking, I gotta get, I, I really want a new website, but it's so hard <laughs> to get one without paying for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a fucking fortune. But uh, I, I have a project too that exists on Tumblr that I started when Tumblr was again its prime called uh, The Rangefinder Diaries. And it's something I started in school to try to keep myself shooting stuff for myself where I'd post a new photo every day. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to take at least like one roll per month. And it really got me shooting film. It's what got me into shooting like personal work again because I was shooting so much assignment work of stuff I didn't really care about, like shooting silverware, shooting glassware, like stuff that didn't really matter to me. And it it is kind of like having a camera on me at all times, <coughs> like made me have to be more aware of the things around me. And that's mm. like what kind of started, like just what you're saying is like being more hyper aware of patterns and things around you and and things like that so when i did these non-fashion books it was actually more personal to me because it's kind of this work i've been doing in the background for years uh that i was finally kind of putting out into the public uh you know outside of the people who still check tumblr like it's it's still going i've been posting a new photo every day it's now 12 and a half years later you know and God forbid if Tumblr ever disappears one day, like my life's yeah. work just vanishes, I'll be devastated. But that was the thing talking uh, about you or you're mentioning, like when I did the book, I still feel it. The premise of that book was a lot of what causes you to take that picture. Like what in your mind makes you want to click the shutter to remember that moment, you know, mm. and like really kind of digging into the kind of psychology of taking a photo. 
And mm. when you start thinking about that, like it, uh, you know, you're just training your brain to kind of look at the world slightly different or a little more detailed or beyond the people in it, you know? And, and again, you start noticing patterns, you start noticing light, you start noticing composition. And, you know, in reality, light and composition are like the two thing that make, that define what photography is as an art form in general, you know? But while you were talking just now, I was thinking about against me. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At least someone is. So, uh, against me from Gainesville, right? Other mm-hmm. other Gainesville bands, um, like notably Hot Water Music, Newfound Glory, um, Less Than Jake, Less Than Jake, right? So somebody, by the way, I, this is, seems like a great place to vent this. Literally, right before I came on. Somebody tweeted at me and they were like, Oh, I love how you I love how you just dismiss less than Jake as a local band and then gushed about against me. I'm like, what it's a one, a chapter about against me. And two, is yeah. less than Jake not a local to Gainesville band? What are you talking about? They are right. objectively a lo- people are it, really fucking weird. When you're when when something you do hits a certain height, you can no longer control like the it you know two percent of weirdos it attracts and you're like what are you talking about anyways yes go ahead no <laughs> but I, it just made it that. made me think because my my only exposure to Gainesville has ever been fast sure right I think I went six years in a row or something um or you know maybe but I think I've been six years and it's always shocking to me how like there's enough of a punk subculture there to support that many like really great bands right like because i don't you know i've i've every time i've ever been has always been fest so most of like the college kids are gone so that's like not a thing that you run up against i mean Mm -hmm. i i don't know if you've ever have you been you guys no i've actually never gone i've never been either um it just feels super weird because it's a town that's totally taken over by you know, punk tourists for a weekend. Yeah. Um, and sounds, it just sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's sort of a nightmare. Uh, I've never had a bad time. Um, I think fest is, I think Tony does an amazing job with fest. Um, but, <clears throat> but it's just, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. That there are so many great bands that are so like, part of the story of modern punk that yeah. all came from like this small town. Um, and he I mean, like, there's a book about it now, which uses the cover of eternal cowboy on it. I believe really what is that book called? Yeah. It's called like, uh, yeah, I hope it was ahead, called sorry. Gainesville rock city, but if it wasn't, <laughs> um, sorry, go ahead. No, but it's just, you know, I, I don't know if, if, Oh, it's, it's just called Gainesville Punk, a history of bands and more. But I thought there was one more. Missed opportunity for sure. I thought there was one more that like used Laura, like used that cover as the cover. But but yeah, there is a book about Gainesville Punk called Gainesville hmm. Punk by Matt Walker. I wonder who read that audiobook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Dan Ozzy. Eh? <laughs> um Yeah. I got I got one more note on uh, on this album uh the one song that really stuck out to me even on the first listen was uh condoleezza, it's condoleezza. <laughs> i was on the wrong album that's how i knew uh turn those clapping hands and the angry bald fists <sighs> what yeah a, what a song. and that one really stuck out to me that song 
rips, but I was like, what does this kind of remind me of? And it, it kind of reminds me of Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads. Where it's like, oh, and you ask yourself, you know, mm. blah, 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 however that song goes. But it's like very much like describing the world around you and making you think about the things in front of you. Very similar to our photography conversation <coughs> just now. Yeah. The things around you, where those things come from, uh, the th- the patterns those things create. Uh, and, and the days go by, you know what I mean? Hmm. But uh, of time. yeah, I think it was uh, I, that that song was a big standout to me on the record though because it really doesn't kind of fit the rest of the album. Mm. You know, you know, you know what I love about this record that actually I I realized today while listening to it was how many times they sort of break the fourth wall in this record, like a lot of like. Well, that sounded pretty good. <laughs> like mm. right after the song, or uh, well, a lot of that studio was chatter. Like, uh, yeah, well, a lot of that was once they had finished the record, they realized that uh, it wasn't even twenty five minutes long, <laughs> and so a lot of times, like between songs, they were like, "Okay, like just let the silence go for a little bit more," or like just <laughs> like let's like, like add some gaps between. They were just like literally trying to stretch it past the twenty five minute mark so they could hand in like a, an LP. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean when when Warren at the very end, I assume that's Warren is like, oh, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you imagine trying to like, I mean, I assume that like those songs were already recorded and it was just like almost sketch material afterwards. But I love to imagine like Laura sitting there trying to like get this perfect acoustic take, like, just being <laughs> harassed. <laughs> the um. So I think we're kind of wrapping up. One thing I, I wanted to mention, uh, because it kind of falls in line with, with your book, Sellout, uh, just that era of bands getting snatched up by major labels. Um, are you familiar with the band Rye Coalition? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to have Dave on uh, next week at some point, so we'll preview for, for everyone else out there. But uh, I, I recently watched the documentary about them, about just like how everything... like. They were supposed to be like one of the next biggest bands, and DreamWorks Records snatched them up, and they recorded hmm. with Dave Grohl. And oh well, th- I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a documentary called like Rye Coalition: The Story of the Hard Luck Five. I think that kind of huh. talks That's about totally it all. But yeah, they, me. yeah, they had this whole thing where they they were on DreamWorks, and they had this huge budget, and they recorded with Dave Grohl. I think there's interviews with like Steve Albini and all kinds of stuff, and. And then DreamWorks folded, and the record just kind of got shelved and passed around. And then I wonder if that was Ron Handler. Then Ron signed Rise Against. Okay, and he he was their guy at DreamWorks until DreamWorks, yeah, folded into whatever BMG or Sony or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I wonder if that was their guy. I wonder if the same guy who signed Rise Against signed them. What was the same? Ron Handler. Okay. Um, I'm just speculating now. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, that would make sense. I think they do have one of the A&R people, uh, uh, interviewed on the, on the thing. I think it might, it might've been him. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, that would make a lot of sense, but yeah, it's pretty, know. it's a pretty wild story. They're, they're playing in Jersey city in a couple weeks. So that'll be, oh, cool. that'll be fun. But, uh, yeah. Anyone have anything else to say about against me? think andrew andrew you look like you're pensive what, what do you got to say now i i was gonna ask about um 
the guy who produced this, if he had done anything else, but I don't even know. Rob McGregor, if he had produced anything else after this, because I know he did the, the record before this, but I don't know if like this is where his time <laughs> with the band ended or not. But um, I don't know if he was... He might, if it was at Golden Tone, there that, that was just the studio in town in Gainesville, but mm. I don't know if they recorded there. I'm not sure. Yeah, mm. I did. I like I said, I I, I want to, I haven't revisited in a while, but Transgender Dysphoria Blues, I do remember hopping on the train. Those singles that they came out with right when that album was coming out were just like hit so hard. Uh, well, yeah, like, she really my life acoustic, 666. Yeah, like she did an acoustic version. That is hard to find now, okay. um, but I think the True Trans EP, um, right before yeah. the album came out, that yeah. I think is fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a wild time too because it kind of captured the nation, uh, like it broke way beyond the punk realm. You know, with yeah, the story, of the transition, of and attention, a lot of that. national attention, uh, you're very much in the zeitgeist, and uh, it was great to see that like with all that attention to though like that album was so good you mm-hmm. know because with that kind of pressure and that kind of attention you know it's it's they put out a fantastic record you know like mm-hmm. i think it really kind of propelled the next chapter you know it kind of picked back up and and then really pushed them through but uh, I, I i'm like anxious to like listen to that as soon as we hang up because uh uh, yeah, I, like I said, that was the time I kind of got into them, and and it was uh, it was rad. It was really cool. But yeah, fuck my life. Six 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 is such a good song title. Yep. But uh, yeah, Dan, uh, what do you got to plug? Nothing. Yeah, my you got book. come on. <laughs> my book. Yeah. And merch store. Yeah, you got sellout merch. Yep. Got Are some you, merch. Who's handling and your merch? You got boxes in your garage? Yeah, I do. I'm fucking... Fucking there, right? There's, oh, some, hell some yeah. there. <laughs> There's some in the garage across the way there. Um, okay. Yeah, I have like 10 boxes of merch that I would really love to dwindle before the fall. So if anybody wants merch... <laughs> yeah, you got to stock up on grains. Uh, yeah, grains. I have like a lot of really cool <laughs> stuff working for the fall so like i really need that space so if anybody wants to buy some some stuff that would be really helping me out you're you're a fellow zine smith so i appreciate yeah. that i'm thinking of the... making a new one but i also don't want to like overflow some other stuff i have to announce <laughs> this year so flood flood the market yeah like you're like how many how many zines can i release and people will still buy them you know sometimes i'm like worried about going to the well too many times but i i ask myself that question all the time <laughs> and i'd still make them yeah uh but yeah no your um your zines are always fantastic the, um i was i picked up the one that was i think it's sold out now the one that the nine albums that ruined your life i, I just reprinted that oh you um, did that's oh, what so most my of copies less valuable now. thanks yeah uh, that's what <laughs> most of those boxes are i didn't it's funny because people kept wanting them and i was like all right i'll just print another hundred all right i'll just print another hundred i'll just print and i've been doing that for like a fucking year um which is you know not a complaint but i'm like i, I keep thinking the interest is gonna die and then it doesn't uh, again this is not something i should be complaining about um <laughs> but every time i'm like i guess i'll reorder this um but yeah nice. i love making zines good problems yeah yeah I, right I love, the good problem that i love zines too it's something can I, physical items can i mail you my copy of sellout maybe you can 
to my favorite the the last real podcaster. I have, and then actually, <laughs> I, have, uh, I don't know. If, can I reach? Oh, I bet I have some here. I have like these uh, things that were a good idea. I just I should have been better about sending them out. Uh, oh wait, yeah, they're like. You know when you go to a show and you get like a VIP like badge or like an all access? Yeah. I made I printed those up. Uh they're called book plates that you can just like sign. Oh. And that's stick cool. nice. and stick on the title page of the book. Yeah. Uh it was a great idea, but then I'm like, I kind of forgot to give <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I have like actually I should start sending them out. I have like uh probably maybe only like fifty more of them, but I was like Yeah, you can you can mail some our way. If yeah. I, can I mail you my copy back, and then you could just store it for me? Or like... Sure. Yeah, I have plenty of room here. <laughs> well, uh, Dan, both Dans, this was really fun. Yeah. Was uh, Andrew, you got anything to plug? Uh, no. <clears throat> I did not have a heart attack this week. That's the big thing I can plug. <laughs> You're still alive uh, to, to hassle some uh, you know, workers at the fast food drive-thru. Dan, what do you have to plug? <laughs> I got plenty to plug. Uh, Dan Vecini on Twitter and Instagram, danvecini.com. My new zine is coming out very soon. I'm probably going to start shipping them out the first week of January. So if you order before January 1st, I'll oh, include... January? January, Jesus Christ. June. June 1st. Uh, I'll include a 4x6 print, signed, uh, no invite volume 8, coming out. June 9th, release party in New York City at 131 Christie Street. Uh, it's figure 19 slash the SFA Gallery slash Home Sweet Home. Uh, 6 p.m., be there, be square. We'll have, I think we have a seltzer sponsor, a hard seltzer sponsor. Mm. Uh, that's TBA, but there may be free drinks. If not, it's a bar, so you can, you know, buy some shit. I don't know. But yeah, 131 Christie Street, January 9th, uh, June 9th. God damn it. Uh, no invite volume mate. You're on gonna its have way. to put another like cold open yeah. tag at the beginning. <laughs> I will. Uh, you can follow us both at Run Into the Ground on Instagram and Run In Number Two the Ground on Twitter. And uh, yeah, please rate, review, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Uh, you got to do these days. Dan, pleasure having you on the pod. You were one of the first people we wanted to get on when we started this whole thing. So. Very it's happy true. To have your, you name, on here. your name is in bold on our shared cool. notes, it's so true. now we can cross it out. Yeah, love it. Yep, yep. And now we can uh, we can use you to get all the, all these other people on the pod, aka yeah, uh, we'll see Chris, Chris Gethers. <laughs> yeah, let's let's um, get him in here. I wish you luck. <laughs> well, you you read what Andrew's sending all our prospective guests. So Tell them there's a, a free soda. In it's it a shoe. Mr. Q's cucumber juice, whatever. <laughs> I will I will wear only a New Jersey flag draped around me. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, until till next time, Dan. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate having you on. Uh, and uh, I think we nailed it, guys. Bye bye. And the walls contain resonation. Lots of conversation.